So today we are going to talk about kindness. Putting, putting on a little kindness. Amen? And, and don't, don't worry, this message may be used against you. Um, but that's good. It's challenging you to a better life. In fact, in Colossians chapter 3 from verse 12 to 13, the Apostle Paul says, and when you listen to this carefully, this is Paul speaking to the church. He says, so as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. I want you to notice in this text, the words put on. It says put on. That is what the Greek word literally means. The Greek word that this is translated from literally means to put on. So what Paul is saying here is that when we wake up in the morning, we ought to get dressed physically. Would you agree? Amen. That when you get up in the morning, how many of you dress physically? Come on, put up your hand. You don't walk around just as you were born. Amen. That would not be good. You dress physically. He's also saying dress spiritually and emotionally. Dress, we are to dress spiritually, not just physically put on clothes, but there are some attitudes that are in the spirit that we need to put on in the same way we put on clothes in the morning. And one of the things that we need to put on is a thing called kindness. So when we wake up in the morning and decide what to wear, we should ask ourselves as well, what kind of attitude am I going to put on today? Because attitude is important. As so many things have been said about attitude, Charles Swindle says this, that life is, is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. He goes on and says, because attitude determines everything. When you wake up in the morning, you determine what kind of attitude you are going to put on. Paul says put on kindness, put on humility, put on gentleness, put on a heart of compassion, put on patience. That's what Paul says. Paul says kindness then is a choice. In the same way you choose if you're going to wear a shorts or a pants. Paul says kindness is a choice. It is something we can choose to put on every day. Kindness doesn't come on to you. It doesn't drop into you. You don't walk into it. You have to put it on. You have to make a decision, an intentional decision of your will that I am going to be kind. Amen? And when you make that decision, come what may, you be kind. Amen? Why? Why? Because kindness is love in action. There's love in emotion and there's love in action. Fall in love 
is, is emotions. Feel like you love is emotion. But kindness is love in action. When someone is unkind to you, one of the thoughts that goes through your mind is that they don't love you. Right? If someone says to you, I love you from the bottom of my heart, from the depths of my inner being. Oh, when I think about you, my heart go boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom. They say all of that to you. I go, oh my God, that's so sweet. Oh, and, and then you, you really need it. You say, can, can you give me $10, please? I just need $10 more to buy a $120 phone card. And they have it and they say no. All the words that were said becomes irrelevant. Because what you want to see is not just love in emotions. But now you want to see the love in action. And $10 is love in action. Amen? Because kindness is love in action. It is a practical expression of love. It is, it is visible and active. It is not just emotional. But, but why should we be kind? After all, kindness is very risky. Right? Some people say that, listen, I, I stop being kind to people. Why? Because every time I'm kind to them, they take advantage of me. Every time I'm kind to people, they misunderstand me. Have you ever heard that before? So, so some people decide that I cannot be kind anymore. Because kindness is very risky. A lot of men face this, right? Get to some of the men, right? They, they, they see a lady, and, and sometimes I'm even challenged by this because I'm beginning to think like, you know what, I need to stop doing this. So I'm going into a fast food place or a store, and I see some ladies coming, and they, I mean, dressed nice and everything, and they open the door and say, you may go in. And they're like, what? I mean, look, nobody, no open the door for me. I'm, I'm telling you, there are people who, if you're nice to them, they think you're looking them, women. If, 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 you, if you're going in a taxi and you come out and say, you're going first. Oh, 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 we are trying. Oh, we are trying, boy. <laughs> uh, no, I'm serious. These things have happened. And so what happened? People decide, you know, I'm not open the door for no woman. Hi, good morning. You're looking so beautiful today. Excuse me? Who are you speaking to like that? I'm not looking nobody. So many times people refuse to be kind because people think or misunderstand your kindness. The other thing is some of us refuse to be kind because we feel like, man, um, I've been so nice and kind to this person and they just keep taking advantage of my kindness. Right? But despite the risk associated with it, we are to be kind. And we are to be kind for two reasons. Not because of people's response. Let me give you the two reasons why we're supposed to be kind. These are not in the notes so you can jot them down somewhere. First, we are to be kind because God is kind to us. Number one, God is kind to us. The scripture says in Romans 2 verse 4, Do not think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience. Not knowing that the kindness of God leads to repentance. 
The kindness of God leads to repentance. We should not think lightly of God's kindness to us. He has shown us kindness, patience, and tolerance in order that we may seek him and come to him. Therefore, we should be kind because God is kind to us. Kind to us. Why? Why am I supposed to be kind? Because God is kind to me. Why am I going to treat you kindly? Because God has treated me kindly. We ought not to treat people based on how people treat us. We are to treat people based on how God treats us. That's the Christian standard. Amen. I think that's good. Listen, listen. We are not to treat people based on how they treat us. We are to treat people based on how God treats us and how we want God to treat us. The other reason we should be kind is that we want people to be kind to us. How many of you want people to be kind to you? Come on, put up your hand. I, I, I mean, I want people to be kind to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to be treated right. So if you want people to be kind to you, then be kind to people. Matthew 7 verse 12, in the New American Standard Bible says this. In everything, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. Come on, tell your neighbor. Say, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. If you want people to treat you good, then treat people good. Like oftentimes I hear people who, uh, uh, what, I just a pastor alone, them are blessed. Like pastor, uh, who, who, is, who is pastor? You know why pastor get blessed? Because pastor bless people. So if you want to be blessed, don't get jealous of a pastor blessing. Just imitate pastor's action. Bless people. That's the thing. People bless me because I'm always looking for people to bless. Listen, I went, I went out into West Milan and I packed up my car of every toy and all of the stuff that my kids don't use anymore. Boxes of toys to give away. All right, while I'm doing this, I, listen, I needed a tablet for my son because school started online. Watch me. While I'm in Westmoreland giving away, somebody is in Senton giving my sons a brand new tablet. If you bless people, then people will bless you. You have to treat people who you want them to treat you. Another way of saying it is, do for others what you want them to do for you. So if you are rude to other people, they are going to be rude to you. And people always say, well, they don't call to me. You know what? Maybe you don't call to people. Nobody tells you morning. Maybe you don't tell anybody good morning. Boy, nobody from the church ever texts me. Maybe you have not texted anybody from the church. I'm just saying, you just treat people how you want them to treat you. Because we reap what we sow. If you are rude to other people, they are going to be rude to you. But if you want, if you are kind, most people will want to respond in kindness towards you. A- Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So what does it mean to be a kind person? How can we become kinder? Let me suggest five characteristics of a kind person. Five ways to be kind to people. The first thing, you have to be sensitive. The first, first thing is that kind people are sensitive to others. We are living in very sensitive times. Listen, people, people are very sensitive these days. You have to be very, you have to be very, you have to walk on, first, you have to walk on eggshells with people these days. People are very sensitive, you know. Listen, people want you to call to them, you know. 
But you can't just say hello now, you know. You can't just say hello. Because though they want you to tell them hello, you can't say that, you know. Because they're going to get offended. You have to, cut, you have to watch your tone. And you have to make sure when you're saying hello to them, you have a smile on your face. You have to say like, hello. It's me. You, you, know, you know what I mean? You have, to, you have to say it with a little, hello. Because if you just walk up and say, hello, walk on. What, 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 oh, yeah, moves are strong. Yeah, like, back up, back up. Like, like, because people are so sensitive. Just like you're saying some, you're saying bye, you can't just say bye. You have to like, bye. People are so sensitive. Women know this. They often say men are so Rough. Yes, dear. You are so rough. Listen, you are, uh, and men are saying you're too sensitive. So what men are saying is that instead of saying that I'm so rough, be sensitive to my roughness because I am sensitive to your sensitivity. So you want me to change my roughness, but you're not changing your sensitivity. Are you here in the church? But also being sensitive means that we must be aware of the needs of those around us. Tune into the needs of those around you. There are people around us these days with all kinds of needs. People suffering mentally. People suffering emotionally. People suffering financially. And sometimes we are so caught up in our little world that we miss to see the needs of those even in close proximity to us. Because in the church we have to understand that kindness always starts with sensitivity. Kindness always starts with noticing what is going on in other people's life. Seek to understand before being understood. Listen, check out what's happening. Talk to people. Find out why they are acting that way. Why that is happening to them. People have bad backgrounds and have bad childhood. They have bad present circumstances. They have no outlook on the future. And sometimes these things trigger and evoke certain behavior and response. And we must become sensitive to some of these things. Jesus, the scripture said, always knew what was in the heart of the people around him. He knew what was going on with them. Philippians 2, 3-4 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Watch this. Regard one another as more important than yourself. You see why kindness is difficult? Because it is too difficult for some of us to think that other people are more important than us. In fact, one of our favorite quotes is you think you're more important than me. The Bible tells us that we need to begin to say people are more important than us. But here's what we say. You think you're more important than me? See, God's standards are different from ours. And that is the problem. Scripture goes on and says this. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Here's a fact, church. Everyone you meet this week needs kindness. Everyone. The person sitting around you needs kindness. We find the people you meet on the street need kindness. The person sitting next to you in the pew needs kindness. Everyone needs kindness. 
kindness starts with sensitivity. We find an example of sensitivity and kindness in the life of King David as recorded in 2 Samuel 9. And David was crowned king of Israel and had led Israel, the Israelites into a series of military victories. The former king Saul had died. Saul and David had not been the best of friends. In fact, Saul had tried to kill David on several occasions. Yet Jonathan, Saul's son and David, liked each other dearly. They were very good friends. Now David eventually became king and Saul had died and Jonathan had also died. So David made a very unusual request. All right? I want you to understand. Remember, almost all of David's adult life, while Saul was alive, Saul was trying to kill him. All right? I want you to put that into context. That you know someone who is intentionally trying to kill you. They put out hits on you. Isn't it? But I find it so amazing that even in that setting, David never allowed Saul wanting to kill him to affect his relationship with Saul's son. I want, I want, I want to put that into context. That sometimes there is parental issue and we let it translate into children issue. Here it is that the man, the father wanted to kill him. But he still maintained his relationship with the son. Watch what happened. David made this very unusual request. David asked whether there was anyone left in Saul's family to whom he could be kind. Remember Saul wanted to kill him. And David, when he became king, started looking for Saul's relative to show them kindness. So he found Saul's grandson. This was Jonathan's son. Mephibosheth was still alive. However, he was crippling both feet and because of an accident that he had at around five years old. So David sent for him. So you know, he's probably thinking, oh my God, because he was hiding from David. So now David sends for him. You know what he's thinking? I'm the only one left. My father is dead. My grandfather was trying to kill the king. And now the king is sending for me. The king is going to kill me. But here's what happened. When he got to David, David said to him, Do not fear. For surely I will show kindness to you. For the sake of your father. Jonathan. Watch this. And I will restore to you all the land of your grandfather Saul. And you will eat at my table regularly. In other words, he not just gave him things. He says, listen, you're going to come and eat at my table. You're going to stay in my house. Your grandfather tried to kill me, but I'm going to show kindness to you. Oh my God. I wish some of us could be kind to the people who treat us bad. Imagine if the person that treated you the worst, you treated them the best. This guy must be shocked. So here's what he says in verse 8. What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? The man considered himself a dead dog. A nobody. Low self-esteem, self-image, self-worth. He was part of a losing family. He had become crippled. I'm sure he was discouraged and down. But David 
actively look for Saul's family member in order to be kind to them. Listen, there are people out there who, who have no self-worth, no self-value, poor self-image. People who feel like they are losing in life. People who are crippled by life circumstances. They are discouraged and they are down. And they need some kind people like us who will be sensitive to their needs and say, come, I'm not just going to buy you some food. I'm going to invite you to come to my home, to come to my house, sit at my table, share the same kingly privileges that I have. An awesome story. So be sensitive to those who are hurting. Secondly, kind people want to be kind. You have to be supportive. A second characteristic exhibited by kind people is supportiveness. And what I mean by that is that it means talking about building people up rather than tearing people down. Come on, just lift your right hand with me and say, this week... I will build people up and not tear them down. By when you speak to people, you speak about people, you have to build people up. Too much of what we say tear down others. So we need to watch what we say to people. We need to watch what we say to people. Be supportive in your speech. Speak kindly to people. Speak kindly to people. Be supportive. Now, I am learning this. Right? I'm learning that when people come with some ideas and they say they want to do some stuff, not to just shoot them down. My children are teaching me this. Sometimes they have what I consider the most ridiculous ideas. And they come up and they have some very elaborate stories that go beyond it that makes no sense in my eyes. And I'm saying, hey, that sounds very good, very good, very good. Go ahead and tell me, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, it won't work right now. But when you get big and you're an adult and you have your money, because you're going to be really, really wealthy, you can use your money and do that, my friend. Yes, Nathan. You can use all your money and do that. But my money? No, Nathan. Listen, what, what, <laughs> what, what I'm doing is I'm not saying, wait, move from yourself, boy, with your nonsense. You see, we love to tell people when we don't like their idea that they are idiots and they are talking nonsense and that not going to work. And if we work from here, so with that. I don't have time for waste on them, them nonsense there. No, 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 no. You, you, listen, the Bible says, Proverbs 15, verse 5, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stirs up anger. So we have to, nobody likes to be put down. Sticks and stones may break my bones. Some say, but words will never harm. Our names will never hurt me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Listen, many of us, we are still being affected by labels from our childhood. Somebody say, you're good for nothing. Look a girl, I'll be a man you want. You will come like your pooper. You're lazy like. You can't get a good job. And those labels, we oftentimes, when we are not uh, supportive of people, put a label on them. And we must be very careful that we don't label people. Nobody likes to be put down. Names do hurt. Labels hurt. In fact, the Bible says that death and life are in the power 
of the tongue. You can destroy others with what you say to them. So build people up with your words. Give everyone you meet an emotional lift. Encourage them. Be supportive to people. Proverbs 3, 3 says, Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Are you a kind person? It should be our manner of life at all times. How supportive are you in speaking to others? Do you encourage or discourage with your words? Do you lift up or tear down? Let us be kind all the times. Listen, some people are just full of negative. Like once they open their mouth to speak to you, they're going to tell you everything bad. So let me give you a good method of communication. You ever heard about the sandwich? The bread? The meat? And then the bread? And all you're saying is that, listen, you start out by saying, hey, man, uh, say for example, someone has a very terrible hairstyle. You know, they went to the hairdresser, but they, instead of getting a hairdo, the hair was undone. You, you understand. And they walk up to you, and you know, see a female, and they, you know, they could flash bob and weave. Do you like my hair? No, sir, I don't look good. <laughs> That's not good. You know what? I like that you're trying to do something new with your hair. And I think that's a very great idea. Listen, I have a hairdresser, and she's excellent. And I know she could add a few more things to it to make it look good. So why don't you and I go and check her out? But that's fine. But we can, huh? Yeah. Right? Listen. Because it's one thing to tell a person that what they have is wrong. But are you going to help them to make it better? You hear me? So when you give your opinion, give your support. People need not just your opinion. People need your support. So if you can't help me to make a difference, don't criticize. If you're not going to be a part of the change, don't be included in the argument. Wait to hear me. We're going, we, we won't get to tell them the truth part. You know. We don't reach there yet. But we have to be supportive first, right? Let me give you a good example of this. Joseph is a good example of a man who was kind. Everything seemed to go wrong in Joseph's life. His, his brothers treated him like dirt. In fact, they put him in a pit and sold him into slavery. Everything seemed to, to go wrong during the first 30 years of his life. He was falsely accused of adultery. He was put into prison. He was a victim of, a, of broken promises. But later, the tables were turned and Joseph became second in command in all of Egypt. His brothers ca came to him and, and, and knelt down. And at that time, Joseph had the opportunity to retaliate and get even. But the Bible says that Joseph reassured them. And spoke kindly to them. He could have said everything bad about how they treated him. But he spoke to them kindly. In fact, one of the things he said. What you meant for evil, God meant it for good. Because kind words, church, can build a bridge. 
but harsh words can tear it down. And a Christian ought to speak kindly even when given the opportunity to retaliate. So when people come and say bad stuff to you, give them some grace and not a piece of your mind. When they come and curse you bad words, you give them some God words. Number three, number three. So be sensitive, be supportive. Number three, be sympathetic. You must have the ability to be sympathetic if you are a kind person. So you have to learn to be sympathetic. Why? Because people appreciate it when you sympathize with them, when you grieve with them, and when you hurt with them. People love that. I, I, I recently learned this from one of my mentors. was teaching me that with kids especially, that you have to help your kids to express their emotions. All right? And, and what happens sometimes, a lot of us, especially in Jamaica as male, um, just children generally, you are told not to cry. If you grew up in a house where spanking was a part of the tradition, even when you're being spanked, they say, and don't cry no. Shut up. Don't, don't cry. Where you cry for? Ah, where? Mister, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't. Mister, don't cry. Right? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Right? So people tell you not to cry, even when you're hurt. And so we grow up like not crying, and so we can't express our emotions properly, so we can't understand people's emotion properly. So one of the things I have been learning is with my sons that even when their emotions uh, to me don't make any sense, like they, they're telling me some story, like, Daddy, you can't believe <laughs> And saying, I don't say, Nathan, I don't like saying, Nathan, listen, you're a boy, you're a big, no, no, no. I allow him to cry. And I say, hey, man, cry as long as you want. Cry for the whole week. My friend. When you finish crying, know that daddy is here. Take a month and cry, Nathan. Cry away. Cry away. Daddy loves you. Cry away. Right? <laughs> like, because here's what. I want as he grows up, because I don't want to shut his emotions down. I want as he grows up, he can express how he feels emotionally because that way I'll be better able to help him if he's able to express it. Because people either explode or they implode. And when we don't allow people to express their emotions, guess what happened? They implode. So, if you're married, here's the thing. You're watching a movie with your wife and she's crying, don't get up. Alright, that's a marriage destroyer. Don't get up and say, what are you crying for? You see, I want to show this. Hollywood take this. That's not a real. No, that's, that's, that's marriage destroyer. Marriage builder is... Cry away, dear. Cry away. <laughs> I won't cry with you, but cry away. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, cry away. Why? Because the person now feels like I can freely express my emotions even if it doesn't make sense to you. And they understand that that is appreciated. People appreciate it. Amen. Many times when someone is expressing Christ, experiencing a crisis, other people say, um, we feel so awkward. We just don't know what to say at times like this. And I've said that too. Actually, you don't have to say anything. Just being there is an expression of kindness. 
Sometimes all you have to do is just be there with the person. Sometimes a touch on the shoulder, a tear, a pat on the back, or a grasp of the hand is all a hurting person needs. That is kindness. The scripture says in Romans 12 verse 15, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You hear that? Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Did you know that the shortest verse in the Bible is only two words? Jesus, Jesus what? Jesus what? One more time, Jesus. One more time, Jesus. It means that even Jesus expressed his emotions. The situation, watch this, the situation is, is that when Jesus went to a friend's house. And there he was confronted with the fact that his friend was dead. No, this friend was not in the inner circle because he was not part, he was not part of the 12. And there's no record of him being part of the 70. Right? So he wasn't part of the inner circle. A friend died and Jesus cried. Can you imagine? Jesus cried. His response was simple. His response was natural. His response was human emotion. Jesus wept. But this puzzles me. Because I stand in wonder when I read that verse. For I must ask myself the question. Why is the king of kings and the lord of lords breaking down and crying at the moment? He who holds the power of life in his hands, still wept. He still cried at the situation of death. So I thought and pondered that question in my mind. And the scripture still speaks plainly. Jesus wept. Perhaps he was teaching us, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Sometimes that's all you have to do, man. Just cry. Cry with people. He was being sympathetic. He was showing kindness. If you want to be, if you want to know what kindness is like, look at Jesus. No matter how many Bible verses you have memorized or how often you go to church, if you are not kind, you are not like Jesus. Come on, tell the person beside you. If you're not kind, you're not like Jesus. You're not like Jesus. If you're not kind, you're not like Jesus. So learn to be a kind person by being sensitive, being supportive, and being sympathetic. You have to be kind. You, you have to be kind. You have to be kind to people. Number four, be straightforward. This is probably the hardest of all. Being straightforward. You see, a kind person is always straightforward. I think someone was saying it earlier. I know if the person don't look good, tell them that they don't look good. They're straightforward. There's a time to be supportive and there's a time to be straightforward. You have to be straightforward. It means sometimes kindness means being candid. Sometimes it means laying it on the line. Telling the truth. Living with people. What you're doing is wrong. Where you're going is wrong. It, that don't fit you. You know, ready for yeah, you know, it means being straightforward. 
But the problem with being straightforward is some of us don't create the kind of environment in our lives where people can be straightforward with us. Um, so I'm perplexed with this whole thing because people don't want you to be hypocrite, but they don't want you to be straightforward. If you don't tell them the truth, they call you hypocrite. And when you tell them the truth, they malice you. So here's what I've decided to do. I'd rather tell you the truth and you molest me and still talk to God than being a hypocrite and I'll be friends with you and miss out talking, and talking to God. So I'm going to be straightforward. I'm going to be straightforward with you. So people don't, people don't come to me with certain things anymore. They, they don't tell me because I have very short answers. I realize that when I give long answers, people get confused. So I, I just get straight to the point. Pastor, you think I should go now? Why? I answer you already know. I don't need to give you a reason. If you want an next opinion, ask somebody else. You think this is right? No, it's wrong. Why? I don't need to. If you want other opinion, ask somebody else. I'm, I'm not going to explain. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm straightforward. What I can do is give you a scripture. The Bible says, thou shalt not steal. That's it. But, but, but what if? No. I, I don't answer already. We, no discussion. Straightforward. I'm, I'm telling you, right? Sometimes the kindest thing, kindest thing you can do is to be frank. Or Francine, whichever one you want to use. Is to be frank with a friend and tell that person exactly where he or she is wrong. Be frank. Amen? Proverbs 27 verse 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. But deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. One translation, the contemporary English version says it this way. You may trust a friend who corrects you. You can trust a friend who corrects you. But kisses from an enemy are nothing but lies. You have to have friends who can correct you in your life. You, let me tell you, you need friends who are going to tell you the truth. If you're a believer, you need friends who are not going to be just nice to you, but are going to be straightforward and tell you the truth in keeping with God's word. A real friend will level with you and say such things as, you are blowing it, or you need to get in shape, or you're making the biggest mistake of your life. In fact, in Galatians chapter 2, we find a very interesting story. Peter was visiting the church at Antioch which was made up largely of, of Gentile Christians. He was enjoying their fellowship and having a nice time with them. And people said that at this time, Peter was slicing the pork as a Jew. I'm telling you, Peter was having a jolly good time with the Gentiles. But one day, some Jewish Christians came down Jerusalem to Antioch. And Peter just took him time and just pull away from the Gentiles and start burning the pork. Read it, yeah. The man, the man said, fire upon pork eater. I'm, I'm telling you, you understand me? So, so Paul, when Paul saw this, you know Paul, Paul said to Peter, Peter, you're being a hypocrite. What you're doing is wrong, brethren. You need to treat all Christians the same, whether they come from the Jewish background or the, or the Gentiles' background. It makes no difference. You have to understand, this is Paul. Peter walked with Jesus. You can imagine Peter saying, hey, Paul, I want to tell you, Paul. You know how this? And Peter this Paul. And me walk from water with Jesus. So where you come from, Paul? 
You can come talk to man. You know, I'm there on this business. I walk with Jesus on water. Them look at juvenile, I come talk to man. You just coming out of the field the other day, you used to murder we off, and now you come tell me about. But one to you, Paul. Could I say that? Could I say that, Paul? I want to you. Jesus sent me to go to miracles. You know how much miracles we do? I want to look at demon, we couldn't get deal with Paul. You, you do so much yet, Paul. Paul and me start. Jesus trained me. A Gamaliel trained you. What warm to you, Paul? You know how you deal with you. Relax yourself. Peter, this man. And me, Jesus said, I'm going to build it. And my name. Yes, I felt can't reveal. I want to you, Peter. I want to you, Paul. All of these stuff. But I loved how Paul dealt with it. Because Paul took the rebuke and the correction from his friend. Peter took it. I like Peter's attitude because it's the same Peter that Jesus, hey, said to him, they are sell meat in him because it wasn't him and, and say, get the behind me, Satan. <laughs> oh, you can imagine pastors come to the altar and you walk come up here. I'll believe the part, I'll go lay hands on you. And he said, take off your mask and see your face. You. Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> I wonder what would happen in church. That's what Jesus said to Peter in a crowd. Imagine if the pastor one day at fellowship, when all of us are gathered eating food and drinking, we all say, everybody stand up an announcement to make. Yes, you. You in the $50 mask. You, yeah. You me attack. The devil enter your heart. The devil entered your heart. That's what Jesus did at the Last Supper. I imagine how we would respond. But what happened is that for people to be straightforward, we must be open to correction. Because we have put such pressure on people to be hypocrites that they can't be straightforward anymore to our own peril. You hear me? Paul cared for Peter. And he also knew that Peter had crossed the line. So he confronted him face to face. He was straightforward with Peter. We should be straightforward too. So let me help you if you want to be straightforward. You have to earn the right to correct. Remember this. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. When you care for people, you get the right to correct people. Don't tell me some pants too tight if you're rich and can't buy me one. If you're not willing to buy me one, you can't ask me to change the one I have. What am I going to put on? But when you buy me 10, you can talk to me now because you helped me buy 10. So you can't, you understand me? You can't not care about my life and want to just give correction in my life. Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's why Jesus always gave the hungry people something to eat so they could care to hear what he had to say. Amen. Finally, you have to be very spontaneous. If you want to be kind, learn to be spontaneous. Don't wait to show kindness. Do it while you have the opportunity. Do it now. Come on, tell the person beside you. Do it now. Be spontaneous. 
Hallelujah. As we close, let me help you, right? Uh, uh, if you have been like me, you have probably said, boy, you see, if I ever get rich, listen, I won't build, all, I won't build a home for all of the ladies them who are going through all kinds of things so they can stay there until they get them the, the feet back on the ground. I want to build some infirmary. I want to build. Listen, you see, you see when I get rich, you understand me? You see all them money up on the street every Sunday. I do some nice food. Me I cook and go serve them. You see when I get rich, I'm gonna come to church. Listen, the church I have it own here, dressing parlor. So ladies don't have to pay if you do them here, and everybody get free pedicure. You see when I get rich, <laughs> me I tell you when I get rich, the things that me I go do with the money where God I go bless me with. Hallelujah. All right, it's a lie. If you're not doing now, doing it now, when you get money, you ain't going to do it. Let me say it again. Money don't make you get kind. It only shows how kind you already were. Amen? Listen, promotion will not make you kinder. It only shows how kind you were already. Amen? So if you want the money from God, start doing what is in your heart to do. Don't use what you have. Do what you can until you get what you want. Do you hear me, church? Do it now. While we have the opportunity, when should we... When should we be kind? Whenever we have the opportunity. So then, while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people. Especially to those who are of the household of faith. Every person in this room can bless somebody else. Let me say it again. Every single person in this room, if you go home and check your wall door, there's something you can give away. Listen, if you go in your cupboard, there's something you can give away. There's somebody who can benefit from something you have that you don't even need. You see, if you're kind, you will find a way of being a blessing to others. Listen, every, every month, I make, remember, some of you forget some of these things, you know. But, but at the start of the year, we committed to reading five chapters a day. You remember that? Fasting once. Some of us forget all about them things, you know. Pastor, don't forget, you know. Wait until the end of the year. But, but here's the thing. One of the things that I've decided to do, I've always done this, is to every month I bless somebody. I find a way of giving somebody some money. And here's what happened. Every time I give it, somebody give me back some money. Listen, the other day I get, I give away some clothes. And man, I get, I get, a, I get a white shirt. It nice me wear it twice. I just wear it the same day I get it and then I wash it and I wear it two days after that. It nice me just... I said, God, I said, listen, I said, God, you're so good because the shirt fit me so sweet. You see, if I were waiting until I get the shirt before I gave away my shirt, I, probably, I think my giving away opened a gateway so that I could get, begin to give from where you are. Right now. And see the blessing of God. On one occasion, you have probably thought, that person was really nice to me. I ought to write him or her a thank you note. Sometimes that is important too. Just a thank you to the person. Or maybe you have thought, I need to make that phone call. Or I need to send a little gift. Or I want to take something over to the neighbor. Then you may have delayed and you kept delaying until you were so embarrassed that you 
didn't do it at all. Suppose we have all had those similar experiences. Yet when it comes to kindness, God, good intention doesn't count. Come on, say that. Good intention doesn't count. The opportunity may not last until you get around to it. Scripture says that when you have the opportunity to be kind, you need to do it. When you get the slightest inclination to call someone, do it. The classic example of spontaneous kindness in the scripture is the story of the Good Samaritan. You know the story, a man was beaten by robbers and left naked and half dead on the side of the road. A priest came along, looked at him and said, oh, I don't want to be near that guy. I would be defiled. Another religious leader came along later and walked right on past. But then a Samaritan came by, a person considered by the Jews to be an inferior race. The Samaritan bound up the man's wounds, took him to the nearest inn, reached in his pocket, and paid for the man to stay there. Then he told the innkeeper, take care of him and charge it to my account. I'll stop by on my way back and pay for it. It means that kindness is going to cost you. But when the Samaritan saw the need, he didn't think twice. He dropped everything without hesitation. He was spontaneous. The priest probably had plenty of excuses for not helping the man. The other religious leader probably had some excuses too. But here is the point. Jesus doesn't care about our excuses. He cares if we are caring to others. See, there are all kinds of people around us who are hurting. They are hurting physically, hurting emotionally, hurting spiritually. The question we must ask ourselves is simply this. What is my excuse for not helping? And why am I not a kind person? So my one challenge to you this week is not to be more spiritual. It's not to get deep in the Holy Spirit. My one challenge to you is to be kind to someone this week. You see, you know, it's one thing to hear a sermon about becoming someone kind. But it's another thing to actually become someone who is kind. Our world is filled with people who need kindness all around you. Before you get home today, you'll pass at least 10 people who need an expression of kindness. One of the fruit is kindness. So won't you be kind to those who are around you. If you are a child of God and the Spirit lives in you, if the root of the Spirit in you, the fruit of kindness will come out of you. It's that simple. God's desire is not for us to be more prayerful in terms of how loud we pray or how well we pray. God's desire is that we learn to love says in Corinthians, for example, if we speak with the tongues of men and have not love, it profits nothing. What is kindness? Love in action. At the end of the day, the measurement of your spiritual life is the expression of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Come on, bow your heads with me. I want to pray as we close. Heavenly Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we, we ask you, come and just pray and say, God, forgive me for being unkind. Um, maybe you have been 
been unkind in some way. Maybe you have not been sensitive enough. Or maybe you have not been supportive enough. Maybe you have not been spontaneous in, 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 in us. Maybe you have not been sympathetic enough. In whatever way this morning, just pray and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me for being unkind. Go ahead. Just begin to pray that. Say, God, forgive me for being unkind. For not being sensitive. Are supportive, whichever way. Go ahead and talk to him this morning. I want you to pray. Repent and say, Lord, I'm turning away. I'm turning away from being unkind. Tell him that I'm making a decision today to be kind to you, Lord. And to be kind to others. In my word, in my speech, in my, in my speech, in my conduct, I commit to being kind. I commit to being sensitive to the needs of those around me. I commit to being supportive of those who mourn. Hallelujah. Come on, just go ahead and speak to him. Say, Lord, I choose to be sympathetic. Say, I choose to be spontaneous. Lord God, I will be a blessing to others. I choose to be spontaneous. Come on, just talk to him. Say, Lord, I have the spirit in me. And so an outworking of that is an attitude of kindness. So I put on kindness today in the name of Jesus. I put on an attitude of kindness. Heavenly Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus and we pray right now, O God. That kindness would permeate this house, our lives, and our communities. That we'll treat others the way we want others to treat us. So we ask you, Lord, to help us to be sensitive to the deep needs of those around us. Help us to be supportive in our speech. And when the time comes for us to be straightforward, God, we pray in the name of Jesus that we can speak the truth of God in love. Help us to be sympathetic towards those who are grieving and mourning. Help us to be spontaneous, Lord God. Always looking for an open opportunity to be a blessing to others. We thank you for inward change with an outward manifestation that will bring generational transformation. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we thank you. 
Come on, just lift your hands and say, as of today, I make a conscious decision of my will to be a kind person. I will be more sensitive, more supportive. I'll be more, be more sympathetic. I'll be straightforward when the needs arise. And I will be spontaneous in my kindness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, just stand to your feet with me this